Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from Epicos Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more information about Epicos, please visit epicos.org. How y'all doing today? Great, great, great. My name is Anthony. I'm one of your pastors. Uh, I'm the multi-site pastor here. Uh, you're probably wondering just what exactly is the multi-site pastor. Uh, I'm on the senior leadership team. I work with Pastor Dave and Pastor Michael in helping guide the church. Also, I uh, supervise Shepherd and work with the campus pastors. So I lead our team of campus pastors into ministry. And so once again, it's always a pleasure to be here. We welcome you, all of you. We welcome our church family over at Mayfair Road our church family at Eastside Campus, our church family at Sherman Park, and all of you online. And most definitely, you here. It's always good to see your beautiful, smiling faces. Uh, would you join me in a moment of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we love you. We praise your name, O oh God. We just ask that you would be with us today, O oh God that you would speak to our hearts, O Lord, as we dive into your word, O Lord. Uh, May it be strength to our souls, Lord, and and nourishment to our spiritual lives. Father, we thank you and we love you. Help us to draw closer to one another and closer to you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to start off today talking about the word love. Um, one of the things that we do uh, as the pastors and when we have opportunity to preach, uh, we like to share about ourselves uh, when we preach uh, in illustrations just for you to get to know us a little bit better. And there are a couple things I like to share about myself for those of you that might not know me and we've only had brief interactions and and I don't quite often preach a lot, so you've probably not heard a lot about me. But uh, there are two things about, about me that I really love outside of my family, uh, all things ministry related. And two of those things are, I have in crazy love for music, and I have incredible love for science fiction films uh, and movies. And the two kind of bleed all through different aspects of my life. And so I have almost like a word association for different things. And so if you probably have read the title of my sermon, What's Love Got to Do With It? Right now, you probably got an 80s pop tune playing in your head. And you're probably singing it. And I'm, I, I, yes, you're welcome for the earwig. I, 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 I gave you a little something to hold on to. And so, but yes, I have a, a great love for music. I have almost have an encyclopedic memory of music and songs for my diverse love of music. I grew up as a musician. It's just something that's really a big part of me. And along with music, uh, like I was said, uh, one of my other great loves is science fiction films. I really love a great sci-fi movie. And I know someone right now who has been here at Epicos is saying, all right, here you are, another pastor that is in love with Marvel like Pastor Frank and Pastor Tommy. And yes, I do love Marvel, 
And I do love the DCU, even though I hate the new Batman movie. It's just entirely too dark for me. But uh, I mean, visually dark, not like heavy dark. It's like I can't see what's going on. But uh, I, I have a great love for movies. And as I was crafting this sermon, a particular film came to mind. A movie that I really loved came to mind. And that particular movie is the Matrix film that, 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 that came out. Now, spoiler alert, I'll, I know it's customary to yell spoiler alert even though the first film came out in 1999. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about it. Uh, there's a certain scene in one of the films, particularly the third installment, where the main character, Neo, is trapped in between this in-between world, between the real world in the virtual reality world. He's almost in a waiting train station. And in this particular train station, there are three people that are there. They're not actually human beings. They're actually computer programs. There is a mother program, a father program, and their daughter, who's also a program. The mother and father have bartered a deal to ensure their daughter's safety and their freedom knowing that they might not be able to continue their lives, but they wanted to ensure their daughter's freedom. And ensuring their daughter's freedom and describing this situation, the father says he's doing this and making this great sacrifice because he loves her. And so Neo hears this and he is perplexed because he has never heard a computer program speak of what he deemed to be a human emotion, and that is love. And the father program says, you seem perplexed that I love my daughter. He says, yes, because love is a human emotion. And the father's response was, no, love is a word. It's what that word is connected to and implies is what that matters. And with that being in mind, we want to talk about the word love this morning and what that connection and that word implies. And for us as believers and followers of Christ, I want to share with you this morning that that word love is just more than just a word. It is more than just a feeling. It is more than the warm and fuzzies that we might experience from what that word implies and from when we say it. Because when we say love, a lot of things come to mind for us differently. For some of us, it might be that special person. For some of us, it might be the special memory of a loved one that has passed on. When we think of love sometimes, it, it might even be a smell. For, for me, it's the smell of a chocolate cake that my mom makes on, on holidays. Or we might just think of a different situation that, that, that brings us warm feelings and comfort. But this morning, we want to dive into what the scripture says and take a look what God is sharing with us about the word love, particularly in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. If you allow me to read it now, this is a bit lengthy read, but it's, it's a good read. In 
1 Corinthians chapter 13 reads as follows. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will cease. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been known, fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. Paul goes on to share with us in this great scripture, and particularly uh, with this scripture, a lot of you might have heard this scripture in church in one particular setting. That setting is, this is a very popular scripture read at weddings. This is a scripture that is quite often, as you could say, almost taken out of context because we want to put it in a very romantic sense on the, on the moment of a beautiful wedding and in the beginning of a new life for a couple and starting their journey together and how they should love each other. And it sounds very loving and sweet, especially when it gets to the refrains of how love never ends and how love is patient and kind and how we should be loving and patient and kind with each other in our relationships. Um, on the 22nd of this month, me and my wife celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary. And uh, a friend of mine said, well, hey, what are you guys doing? What's the special day going to look like? And we said, you know, we're actually going to have a great day because we're going to a wedding. And we're going to celebrate with someone's new beginning on the start of their new anniversary as we are celebrating our 22nd. And hearing all the great platitudes of love and the freshness and the newness and knowing that yes when you're new and you're young in love those things are just so rosy and they keep you so well and then life goes on 
And the, the feeling doesn't fade away, but the relationship does get stronger because we start to encounter some of these things that Paul shares for us. But it's important for us to know that these things that are being shared are not just for newlyweds. These words that are being shared in the 13th chapter of Corinthians are for all of us as believers. And Paul, as he shares with us, he, he gives a, lovely, a litany of the things uh, that love is, that love is patient and kind, and love does not envy or boast. Love isn't arrogant or rude, and it doesn't insist on its own way. We take these things and we hold on to these things that are shared. But brothers and sisters, um, I want to share with you that uh, life gets difficult. Life can be hard at times, and it can be challenging. And living out those things that Paul has shared with us in the first Corinthians in the 13th chapter can be difficult. And we find that from this structure that Paul shared in, the, in this chapter, that he speaks, first of all, of loving kindness and showing what love is. And then the second part, he gives examples of what love isn't. He said, love doesn't envy or boast. Love isn't arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist in its own ways. Love isn't irritable or resentful, nor rejoices in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. And when we're honest with ourselves, just living our lives and in our experiences, these can be difficult things to do. They can be challenging things for us to do as believers. Because we live in a world that's been broken by sin. And none of us are perfect. We all have our faults. We have our, our troubles and our situations and things that, that, that aren't very godly in how we act and we relate to each other. And it can be very difficult. It can be hard not to be irritable. It could be hard not to be resentful. It could be hard to have the, what is described as long-suffering, the, 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 the kindness and patience with one another. I can't tell anyone else's story but my own, and I'd just like to share with you part of my own experience in my struggle with this. Growing up, I had a very difficult relationship with my father. Uh, we weren't very close. We weren't close when I was younger. Uh, there just seemed to be a distance and disconnect that always existed in our relationship. And when I became a teenager, uh, my parents divorced. And in the midst of that divorce, when I was 16 years old, uh, I became very angry. I became very bitter and resentful with my father. And at that time period, um, it was a quiet anger. It was a quiet resentment. It wasn't something that I lashed out with. It was something that I held on to. It, it almost became 
my, 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 my badge of honor that I, I quietly kept, but it was an angry burning fire within me. I had so much anger and resentment at my father that I had a quiet plan that I had devised at 16 years old because I had so much resentment with him, I decided that when I would turn 18, I would legally change my last name from Capels to that of my mother's maiden name, Hudson, because I was so angry that I didn't want anything to associate with my father. I held on to this anger and resentment for quite some time. It was something that was always with me and it was something that I went on to realize that was holding me back in life. That I couldn't have proper relationships with, with, with others as a result of my resentment and my mistrust. I realized that I was holding on to something that I thought that was holding him, hurting him because I, I refused to be loving towards him and I refused to open the door to have a relationship and, and reconciliation with him. I thought I was hurting him in the process, not realizing that I was hurting myself. I held on to this for years and as time had passed by and I began to mature, and I began to develop my relationship with Christ, I started to realize that uh, I couldn't hold on to this any longer. I started to realize that the resentment that I held on to like a badge of honor that I, that I clothed myself like a, a warm blanket with was really a, a fire that kept others and him away. It wasn't until my dad got older and time had passed that my heart started to soften and God was working and dealing with me on my feelings and my resentment that his health had started to decline. And with his health declining, God had spoke to me one day in prayer and said, you know you're going to have to take care of your father. And when I came to that realization, some of the things that I thought I had let go, some of the anger and the resentment and the unforgiveness that I thought I had purged myself had riled back up. And I said, no, I'm not taking care of him. No, I am not taking care of this man who did not have enough love to take care of me when I needed him the most. I had to struggle with that. I had to fight with that. I had to really reckon with not only myself, but with God with that entire situation about my thoughts and my feelings. But brothers and sisters, it was because of God's love. It was because of God's healing. It was because of God's restoration. It was because of the gift of his love through the Holy Spirit that he began to work on me and restore me and break down some of that bitterness and the, and the and heart, heart heartedness 
that was around my heart in dealing with my father. So in his last years of his sickness, this was about a good, a good 13 year period where myself and like an angel, my, 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 my older sister, Michelle, she really ministered and took care of dad, journeyed with him through his sicknesses, his, his ups and downs and his, and his, and his hard times. But there was something else that I also learned um, that God taught me in this difficult time. The healing that I was looking for, the restoration that I was looking for, the reconciliation that I was looking for, he wasn't in the place to, to give that back to me. He never said, son, I'm sorry. He never said, son, forgive me. But in the midst of that, God showed me to continue to love him, continue to be there for him, continue to support him, continue to nurture him. And one time while visiting him and I was in his nursing home, I would uh, cut his hair. While cutting his hair once, uh, spirit just moved me to say what I was thinking. Just out of the blue, I said to my dad, you know I forgive you. You know I love you. He couldn't say anything back. The only thing he did was shed a couple tears, and that was it. But I continued to love him. I continued to journey with him in the midst of his sickness. And it was eight years ago in April on, uh, on Easter Sunday that my dad slipped into a coma from the brain tumor that he had. And um, I was in the hospital with him in his last days. I uh, was talking with him and I was praying with him and I wasn't sure whether he could hear me because they, we're uncertain if people are in a coma, if they can hear uh, any interaction. But on my last interaction with him, I told him that I love him, that all is forgiven, and that uh, it's going to be okay. And when I shared that with him, his vitals on the machine began to rise. And God said to me, he knows, he knows. I share this with you because um, the only way that we can make it through the great offense that we might experience in life from others that, that love us or, or might not have any uh, love for us, we, make that, we can make it through with that through Christ. We can make it through it with him, through the love that he has shared to us and first through us. Um, I'm going to amend my sermon because I, I really feel that God is really speaking to us about love today. 
and we do have some things that we will put on the on the hub that comes with dealing with tongues and just briefly on dealing with the 14th chapter of first corinthians i won't read all the scripture but essentially what paul is sharing to the church at that time period is that they had gotten very caught up in the gifts of the spirit and what was going on as far as speaking in tongues and prophecy and paul was setting order for the church and letting them know that the gifts are wonderful god gives gifts as he sees fit to us all however he wants to do that but the most important gift that we have is the gift of love and if we are not operating within those gifts in love and love for one another it is all in vain but as we are getting ready to wrap up and we're coming to my final point my final point is What's love got to do with it? I'll just get up. What's love got to do, got to do with it? All right, yeah, all right. Yeah, so I had to get that out of your head. But what's love got to do with it? Love has everything to do with it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is the love that is being described in the 13th chapter of, 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 of 1 Corinthians. Jesus is love and kindness. Jesus is long-suffering. His love is not boastful. His love is always present with us. His love restores us. His love redeems us. His love gives us the strength to love others when things get difficult. His love gives us hope for tomorrow. His love covers a multitude of sins. It is by his love that he get on the cross for a sin-sick world to redeem mankind back to God. His love abides. His love covers a multitude. So let us take that with us today. Let us hold on to that love. Let us stand strong in God's love. Let us know that God's love is always present and open and re to redeem each and every one of us. All we have to do is just open our hearts and receive it. So today, if you have not opened your heart to Jesus, if you are wondering what is this love that, that, that can carry me and sustain me and, 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 and bring me past things that I think are almost impossible on my own, know that that love comes from Jesus and when we open our hearts to him we receive his free gift of salvation and equipped by the power of his Holy Spirit to love one another may God bless you may God keep you let us pray father we thank you O God for your love we thank you for your joy your peace your healing your restoration 
Father, we know that all things are possible in your name, and we just ask, oh God, that you continue to be with us. Lead us and guide us. Hold us in your love. And let us never forget, oh God, Lord, that it's you that redeemed us, oh Lord. Even in the midst of our, our brokenness and our hurt and our loss, it is you that kept us, that held us, that restored us. We thank you for your love. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.